Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wish House podcast. This week's episode is a little different, so we wanted to share with you what's new. On behalf of Make-A-Wish America, our chapter was asked to moderate a chat for our annual global leadership conference titled The People Behind the Wish, Everyone Has a Story. We chatted with various Make-A-Wish staff members from around the country, including Kirsten Rosema, who's a Wish alum and program coordinator for Make-A-Wish Michigan, also, Phil Lucier, who's a Wish Dad and President and CEO of Make-A-Wish Metro New York and Western New York. And also, Zach Atherton, who's a Wish Sibling and Entertainment Relations Manager for Make-A-Wish America. So sit back and relax and enjoy this chat with Zach, Phil, and Kirsten as we share stories of how Make-A-Wish has touched our lives in really profound ways and how they're paying it forward every single day. Welcome to our mission moment for our global Make-A-Wish conference. Uh, my name is Abraham Almanza. Some people know me as Abe, and I'm the director of marketing and volunteer management over at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley in New York State. Next up, we have Zach. Um, Zach, could you int- introduce yourself? Absolutely. Um, my name is Zach Atherton. I am on the ESR team. Um, I work on fashion beauty wishes, um, some music wishes, and then YouTuber wishes. Um, and I've been here for three years. Awesome. And next up, we have Phil from Metro New York. Yeah, Phil Lucier. I'm the uh, CEO of Metro and Western New York chapter, uh, and I'm a wish dad, and I've been around Make-A-Wish for almost 20 years now. Fantastic. And next up, we have Kirsten Rosema. Yep. So I, uh, Kirsten Rosema, work as a program coordinator in Michigan, um, and I have been on staff at Make-A-Wish for five years. Fantastic. So we got five years, 20 plus years. I've been with Make-A-Wish for 14 years. Zach, you've been there for three years and we're all connected through the power of a wish, which is you know directly impacted by the mission in which we work with every single day. I'm a wish alum. Kirsten, you're a wish alum. We have wish dad. We have wish sibling and Zach. So we have pretty interesting perspectives here from a lot of different angles. Um, we'll start first off with Phil. I mean, in 25 words or less, tell us a little bit about your son who received a pretty awesome wish, right? He did, yes. And it'll be 20 years this Monday. Wow. Uh, his wish uh, when he sang the national anthem at Fenway Park before a Red Sox game. And, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, very cool wish. He loves the national anthem. And uh, so that was his wish. And he sings it with great passion and absolutely no singing voice. Oh, and man. he still does. <laughs> Sings with passion. That's what it is. I love the passion. It's all passion. Exactly. There you go. Phil, thank you so much for sharing about uh, your son and his pretty amazing wish. Um, next up, because we're on the topic of wishes, let's go to our the other wish alum on this call, which is you know Kirsten. Share a little bit with our people that are watching all around the country, you know, from different chapters. Tell us a little bit about your wish. When was it granted? And, and kind of some of the key moments of uh, memories that you had from that time. Absolutely. So um, in 2011, um, I was 16 and a junior in high school and learned that um, I had leukemia um, and everything changed pretty rapidly um, in terms of what was normal. And um, yeah, instead of going into summer break, it was spent in the hospital. Um, And that was a huge challenge. But at around that same time, I was told that I would be receiving a wish. Um, So I took 
I, I joke with my wish coordinator who I actually work with now um, <laughs> and That's apologize cool. to her frequently um, because I changed my wish so many times because I had so much fun thinking about all the different possibilities. Um, I finally made up my mind. And in 2013, my wish to go to Italy came true. Um when I was growing up, the Lizzie McGuire movie had come out and inspired my wish. So I wanted to eat as much pizza as humanly possible and uh, visit the Trevi Fountain. Um, and my entire family and I were able to do that and so much more. Um, it was it was an incredible experience for sure. That's amazing. That's like almost like a mirror image of my experience because I was that. Oh, really? At, yeah, I was diagnosed at 15. I was, uh, you know, What's going same thing? It was right towards the end of the school year, and I ended up having you know being diagnosed and start getting treatment for lung cancer. I had stage four lung cancer, was going through chemo, radiation, the whole nine yards, all the way through until like January of the following year. So I went through the whole summer, fall into <laughs> close to the winter. And just like Phil's son, I'm a huge baseball fan. So my original wish was actually to go, I wanted to be in full uniform at Yankee Stadium for a World Series game. Back in 99, 2000, the Yankees were doing really well. They were on this amazing dynastic run. Um, but just like that, I, I couldn't be in the dugout. So I was like, well, if I can't have that, I, I want to do something with my family, spend it with my my siblings. And uh, we were, I was, my wish ended up being going to on, on a cruise to the Bermuda, to Bermuda and the Bahamas. Had a great time. One of my biggest, my favorite memories from that was sharing some time with my younger brother on the deck of the cruise ship. And we were playing basketball. Um, the fact that you were able to play basketball on a cruise ship, is just, to me, was like, out of, it, it was not even real. Um, which brings me to actually to Zach, because Zach, you're a wish sibling. So how was it, uh, seeing you know, your siblings wishes granted and, and, and you kind of being a part of that kind of seeing it from behind the scenes a little bit. So I have, um, my sister Misty, um, and my sister Becca both received wishes. Um, Misty's wish was to uh, do a photo shoot in New York. Um, and, just a little background on Misty. She, my parents adopted 14 kids. And so Misty was born in Haiti and came to us at about like one years old. Um, she was malnourished. She had orange hair. Um, she had a heart condition, which led into the other complications. Um, and then Becca, Becca was adopted. Um, then that family decided that they could not uh, or did not want to take on her medical responsibilities. Um, and so she had a 3% chance of living past the age of one. Um, and so my parents adopted her. Uh, she became the newest, family, uh, newest member of our family. And then um, she passed away three years ago. So um, Make-A-Wish has been a huge part of our family. Um, I obviously, I've ended up here and I couldn't be happier. Um, but yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's really great because you got to see, you get to see how from each of our individual experiences as wish alum, wish parent, wish sibling, it kind of all brought us back to 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 make a wish in a lot of ways. You know, we're we're here collectively. You know, what do we got here? You're, who's here? Good with math. But we got 20, 14, that's 34 plus, you know, uh, three in Zach and, and Kirsten. How many years have you been with make a wish? Five. Five years. So we have that. That's a that's a good amount of years collectively that we've uh, dedicated to our special mission that we have here at Make-A-Wish. And that all stems from those experiences that we've received so many years ago. Um, what would you say is like a, I'll just start with you, Kirsten. Kirsten, um, what would you say kind of 
compelled you, moved you to get involved with Make-A-Wish as a staff member um, so that, you know, from a wish kid to then alum to then staff? Yeah. So um, after my wish was granted, it was still pre a lot of the alumni efforts that we've been making. So it was kind of uncharted territory, um, but my wish coordinator and another alumni at the Michigan chapter actually approached me and asked if I had ever um, had an interest in interning with Make-A-Wish. And I was studying social work at the time, knowing that I wanted to be engaged in some way with an organization that assisted me and walked alongside me and my family during treatment, um, but wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And um, that next summer, I interned at the Michigan chapter and had one foot in wish granting and one foot in um, assisting our major gifts officer and was blown away by the fact that like I could work at Make-A-Wish, that that was a thing. Um, <laughs> so pretty quickly after I was like, okay, this is my dream job and um, started right after uh, graduating college. And I remember telling our CEO at the time that um, it didn't, it didn't give a reason or it didn't like explain why I went through what I went through, but it kind of gave a purpose to those challenging years was that I was able to then be a part of making an experience that changed my life um, possible for other kids. And, and that's been a really special thing. That's amazing. And, and being now a program coordinator, you know, you definitely are putting that into practice every single day. So that's fantastic. And which brings me actually to Phil, because Phil, you've been with Make-A-Wish for 20 years. You know, why Make-A-Wish? You know, what kind of move, motivated you um, to kind of I don't know what you were doing prior to Make-A-Wish, but what what was it and what got you to Make-A-Wish? What got you in that door to kind of um, say, you know, this is where I want to, you know, now set my career path? Well, that's a long story, but the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the 20 years goes back to my son's wish. And after that time, I, I told the CEO of the chapter uh, at the time and in, in Boston that if you ever need anything, I am happy to help. Just let me know. So I spoke at events. I uh, participated in their golf tournament. Um, we went to their gala. And several years later, I was asked if I wanted to join the board, which I did, uh, the Massachusetts and Rhode Island board. And from there, I went on to the national board and actually served as the national board chair for two years. Uh, and about that, and had worked in financial services, uh, had been the CEO of a financial services firm and uh, had uh, sold that and retired. And at the end of my time on the national board, I said, I have one more thing left in me and I want to do it in the not-for-profit world. And um, the opportunity with the uh, Metro and Western New York chapter uh, was brought to my attention. And here I am. You know, with Kirsten, I'm curious because as a wish alum, you know, one of the things that, um, that happens to me a lot is I forget that I'm a wish alum sometimes when I'm <laughs> in the middle of everything I'm doing. Does that happen to you at all? All the time, all the time. That's crazy. Um, and we have another wish alum on staff, Ellie Wilcox, and we'll have that conversation too. Of sometimes it's it's really front and center when you're you know in encountering a situation that's similar to yours or through um, just the stories of our wish families. Um, sometimes that brings me back, but then yeah, other times it's like 
wait, what? Why do you want me to talk about a wish? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty crazy. And and Phil, I'm guessing for you too. I mean, as a wish dad, I mean, I'm sure when you have uh, through Metro New York, especially, but in all your previous experiences and connections with Make-A-Wish, anytime you came across a wish dad, would you ever see yourself kind of like it's a a mirror image of you, like the experiences, does it bring you back in that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there are, there's a, there's a connection with wish parents for sure. You know, when I meet with a family um, and particularly when it's been a really trying time for family, um, we, I can certainly relate to that, but I, but I agree with you. There are times that I will be meeting with somebody and they'll ask me at the end, how did you ever get involved with Make-A-Wish? I said, oh, I didn't tell you I'm a wish dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, I mean, you bring a really unique perspective to this entire conversation as a wish sibling. Um, you know, one of the things I, I we were just talking about was how, you know, Make-A-Wish kind of reminds us that we are a wish alum or we are a wish parent. And in your case, as a wish sibling, you know, working on all these different wishes from all around the country you know, does it bring anything in you? Like, does it bring up any emotions or feelings as you're working on these wishes for these kind of national type of events? Um, I think what it brings up for me is when I see kids with conditions similar to the conditions of my siblings, um, it really hits home, especially for one of them who passed away right when I started um, here at Make-A-Wish. But like the thing that gives me hope and um, helps me get through those things is just I can share in the journey that they will, well, we have similar journeys, I guess. So we can all um, lean on each other and share with each other. And I think it gives us strength in that aspect. And I find strength with that. When thinking about that, I'm going to go back to Kirsten on this one. You know, do you feel that your wish experience, what you, what you had back in 2013, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. right. When you had your wish granted, um, how is it still impacting your life today outside of just the Make-A-Wish world directly, but just how, how are you doing? I am excited to share as of June, I'm 10 years cancer free. Hey, that deserves a <laughs> All right. round of applause. That's awesome. That's so, the best news. Um, so to celebrate that milestone, I actually, I ran my first ultra marathon. Um, wow. So 31 miles, but I was able to also fundraise for Make-A-Wish during that time. So it was... Wow extra special, um, still processing it because <laughs> that's how that goes. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and time and time again, I'm able to acknowledge that that was a really difficult time, but then to also be thankful in a way, um, that I was able to have that experience with my family. Um, you know, it was the first time that we were able to come together outside of a hospital room for something positive um, and get away from everything. Um, and actually, at the time of my wish, I came home and had my final chemotherapy. Um, so it was a really cool way to like close that chapter. That's wild. And, and, and Phil, you know, with you as a, as, a, as a parent and kind of seeing your son go through what he went through, you know, throughout all of those experiences and, and even all the ones since then with Make-A-Wish, what is your fondest memory? I've always, I've always said that Make-A-Wish, we have two really important assets. We have a gold-plated brand and we have people. And that's all we have. Um, and so for me, it's not an enduring memory. It's the, it's the realization of the, uh, and, the, and the privilege that I've had to work with so many compelling people 
over the, in my time as a volunteer leader on the Massachusetts and Rhode Island board, on the national board, the work that, that I've done with the national team through those years, and now having the opportunity to, to lead uh, the Metro in New York, the, the best chapter in the country is uh, what I lead, and the best team of people in the country. Um, and just that opportunity uh, to see all the friends I have across the country and the quality of, of people and the commitment and the passion uh, and, the, and the kindness that people have is really, you know, what's, what's really enriched my life and my family's life is the connection to the people that, that we've met through Make-A-Wish. Wow. That's amazing. And, and Zach, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, because of your background with your siblings and just working on wishes every single day, you know, why is it important for you to work with Make-A-Wish? I think that it, it was timing my life and Make-A-Wish kind of fell on my doorstep and it was what I needed at the time and still is what um, I I need. And um, like I said, like I had just, uh, my sister was um, in um, on hospice, in hospice in the ICU in a hotel, I mean, in a hospital in California. And so I got the call um, and we shared some last words and she said, like, you're going to do great at this. And so um, it's a part, she has, she had been through so much and she, um, I kind of helps me get through all of this with these kids and kind of put it forward, I guess. So, um, yeah. So she gave you the stamp of approval, bro. Like she, yeah, gave she, did. she, she said, did. Hey, this is, this is on you now. Like I'm passing it to you <laughs> to like carry on, you know, carry on, you know, and, 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 and that's the best way to, to celebrate her legacy, right, is to, is by doing the work that you're doing and helping so many kids all around the country and their families. You know, I, I would be remiss in not mentioning that the fact that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. 2020 was bananas. Uh, we are in 2021, um, which has been challenging. These past couple year and a half has really been challenging for everyone. But as we look forward to 2022 and in this new fiscal year that we're in right now, We'll start first with Kirsten and we'll kind of go around, you know, what are you most excited about or most looking forward to during this fiscal year? Well, I have the pleasure of um, a lot of my time being spent on our alumni program. Um, so that's really special for me. And just to continue to connect with other alumni is, is so special, hearing their stories and sharing their stories. Um, because nobody talks about Make-A-Wish better than our Wish family. So um, I'm really excited to continue that important work. That's awesome. What about you, Phil? So I think this, you know, as I look at what we've done, and, and you know, it's really interesting. So many Wish alums talk about isolation. And I think what the world has gone through the last 18 months or so really has heightened all of us around uh, isolation and the impact of what COVID did and, 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 and being isolated. And as, as I look at what, what we need to do in, in our chapter, we really focus on engagement. How do we engage and how do we engage everybody, donors, major donors, corporations, alumni, uh, vendors, volunteers, wish families, uh, staff, uh, uh, volunteer leadership, um, I think that we have an opportunity now that the, and I, and I say this with my fingers crossed, that we're going to open up, that we have an opportunity to engage and enrich the experience with Make-A-Wish even more than we have. Uh, and I'm op optimistic that we're going to be able to do that and continue to march 
our uh, mission forward in a way at an accelerator weight than we have in the past. So I, I'm just I'm optimistic that we'll be getting back to closer to normal, although I don't think we'll get to normal. What about for you? What are you most looking forward to in uh, this coming fiscal year? Yeah, I think it would be uh, more in-person wishes. So kind of returning to um, uh, a modern version of the old time where we could <laughs> fly kids out there and, um, and do it safely. That's so true. I mean, the safety has always been a top priority for us as an organization, which, you know, one of the things I... I want to reflect a little bit on the past year and a half, because one of the things I was most inspired by was really our volunteers across the country, because not only did we tell them to, you know, stop everything that or stop learning everything we had taught them up to that point of March 2020 and said, hey, by the way, we're going to go completely virtual now. Something you're not comfortable with. We're not even sure how it's going to go, but we're going to go ahead and do virtual visits, you know, via Zoom, via FaceTime, via every other WhatsApp and whatever other video uh, streaming platform there is, you know, to have these types of meetings. We're going to do that. Right. And then they not only said, OK, we'll evolve and we'll grow with you. We'll reimagine wishes, as we've been saying for the past year and change. Uh, and not only did they do that, but then they've been doing great. You know, our volunteers are now volunteers that were resistant to technology prior to the pandemic now have embraced it. They've grown as volunteers. Now, when things do get better and we are starting to grant wishes in person again and we're able to have safe travel and and all wishes involved, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have volunteers that are going to have dual uh, they're trained in, in 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 these two different ways of of meeting with kids, and for those kids that, like you mentioned, Phil, are isolated because they're going through a BMT, tra- you know, bone marrow transplant, or they're in the hospital, they're not able to meet with people in person. In the past, for many chapters, that was always one of our biggest challenges. How do we meet with those kids? You know, without it waiting too long, without them, you know, without you know, because things anything can happen at any moment. Now we have this these platforms that have evolved over the past year and volunteers are not trained in these platforms to be able to still meet with kids without missing a step all throughout the process. And that is hope that is bringing joy to these families and to these kids during this time that, you know, they're isolated and they feel disconnected from everyone. And if any, if the pandemic showed us anything is that, you know, we need human connection, you know, we need to be with each other. We need to be near each other and we're only going to get through it if we stick together. And I think as an organization, I think that's something that we should be really proud of, that we have volunteers that backed us, had our back and grew with us. Um, and then we, then us as staff all around the country, we were resourceful. We worked with what we had. We trained people on the fly. A lot of times, our, for, for me, I, for, for many people across the country, we were as staff. When was the last time we were all together in a room? Like in person, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's wild. You know, maybe you get a couple, a handful at a time, but, you know, but it's always, it's, it's been like this through teams and through all the different platforms that we've been able to stay connected. And and with that, we still have been able to move forward, push forward, because we understand the power of a wish from a personal perspective. I'm curious, is there, one of the, the questions I like to ask on our, on our Wish House podcast, I'll do a shameless plug for that. Um, which is our, our chapter podcast that we started this year in honor of our 35th anniversary. One of the questions I always like to ask is if you could have a wish. So for Kirsten, this is a brand new wish. You get a, a blank slate. If you could have a wish yourself, what would it be? And I always like to remind everybody, we have five formal wish categories. We have to go, to meet, to be, to have, and to give. So 
We'll start off with you, Kirsten, because you're the wish alum. You had a wish already. Um, if you could choose a wish again, what would it be? What was your second alternate wish to Italy? Oh, gosh. Um, so <laughs> this is this is a really loaded question for me because my, my wish coordinator, Erica Hunt, is probably cracking up because I had quite a few um, backups. <laughs> <laughs> I would say at this point, um, you know, something that we've leaned into a lot during the pandemic um, is spending time outdoors. So I think a camper would be really sweet. Nice. Um, so I think that's my answer. Phil, what about you? If you had to choose a wish for yourself, what would it be? Uh, I wouldn't pick a wish for myself. I'd, 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 I'd figure out, I would wish to give. So um, I don't know what it would be, but I would uh, look for some opportunity to uh, make sure that somebody else gets uh, something pretty cool from, from Make-A-Wish. So your, your wish would be to give. Exactly. Yep. I like it. I'm digging yep. it. And what about you, Zach? What would be your wish? I, from seeing a lot of the inside of the celebrity world, I think I would wish to meet the Obamas and have nice conversation over dinner. I'm digging it. What would be for, what would be on the menu for dinner? <laughs> uh, first thing that comes to mind would be lobster. I don't know why, but that, that sounds good. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you guys soon. Sounds awesome. good. Thank you. Right. Bye, guys. See everyone. Bye. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.